We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye, hitting you with a recap of the Nets win over the Pistons, 124-121. Another double-digit comeback for this team. Their sixth straight win. They've won nine of their last ten games. Continue to rise in the standings. Still sitting at fourth, but only three games behind the first seed and still one game behind Cleveland. We're going to jump into this win and plenty more. Make sure you check the Buzz on all streaming platforms. Also, give us a follow on Instagram, at the Brooklyn Buzz Pod. But jumping into this game, you know, it started off horrendous you know the Nets came out with no juice it was the question was you know what did they do last night in Detroit you know why do they have no energy were they you know sleeping on this team you know Pistons not a great team and now missing Cade Cunningham but still they lost that first quarter 35 to 21 second wasn't much better in which they lost 36 to 33 but in that third we saw things change and I think it was the entire momentum juice energy physicality defense of the team and also your two superstars just going scorching hot especially Especially Kevin Durant, who scored 26 points in that third quarter, the most points he scored in his entire NBA career in one quarter, in which the Nets won that quarter 44 to 25, finished off the fourth 26 to 25. But it was just the the vibe changed. And, you know, credit also to Kyrie Irving in that third, who started the third quarter strong, knocking down some threes, hitting some tough shots, and getting to the rim. And you just saw the momentum changing and the, the intensity of this Nets team picking up. And you just got a feeling they weren't going to lose this game to the Pistons. And KD definitely wasn't going to lose this game to the Pistons, as I mentioned, 26 in the third. And I think Isaiah Stewart, you know, was talking a little trash to him. And I think that got him going even a little bit more. But KD's also scored 43 in total. His third Third straight game of 40 or more against the Pistons. So Pistons fans definitely get a show every time he's in Detroit. But I guess kicking things off with Kevin Durant, as I mentioned, 43 points. 14 to 22 from the field, which is kind of insane. Uh, three of five from three, 12 of 13 from the free throw line, six rebounds, two assists, one steal, two blocks. Did have six turnovers, including one in the f- late in the fourth quarter that could have been costly, but ultimately did not matter. But credit to Kevin Durant for just locking in and just 
going into fuego mode. You know, it was just every type of shot he was taking. You know, there's a tough like fading layups um, in the paint, right outside the paint, pull up jumpers as he typically hits, you know, a ton of free throws and also just a ton of pull up threes, you know, three threes in the last minute of the first quarter. And that's just momentum changing. You know, that's just heartbreaking for the Pistons. And they were tough shots. You know, it wasn't like he's hitting just easy threes. They're off the dribble, including the last one, which is just a straight a heat check three. So KD, another performance that you won't forget. And you just not to take the guy for granted. You know, he's just so good at basketball. And it easily could have been a 50 piece, especially if Kyrie wasn't playing so well. Um, and as well, you know, the Pistons ultimately in that fourth quarter went to doubling him hard and trying to get the ball out of his hands, which was the right move by Dwayne Casey and Ultimately, it didn't matter because the other guys were able to step up in that fourth. As I mentioned, Kyrie, also Utah Watanabe, hitting a big three in the quarter late in this game, similar to what he did against the Raptors. And credit to Clax late in the fourth because he did not have a great game, but he did block Bogdanovich's you know, game-tying three attempt at the end of the buzzer. So the Nets just picked it up. And I think even Ben Simmons, you know, credit him in that third and fourth quarter defensively. He was not great in that first half, but in that second half, you started to see some of that defensive skill, effort, and energy. And just overall, the rotation and the movement defensively was different. There was just a want to win the game. And you don't want to build a habit of, you know, back-to-back double-digit comebacks, but still nice to know this team can do it. And they have, you know, the fight and the persistence to come back and win. You know, it was down 18 against the Raptors, down 19 against the, the Pistons tonight, and the Nets found a way to win. And it wasn't, you know, the the same type of performance against the Raptors. You know, the Raptors was more of a gritty win and, you know, hitting an insane amount of twos. Tonight, they hit an insane amount of threes. 15 of 29 from the three-point line, 51%. 5 of 10 for Kyrie Irving. 3 of 4 for Royce O'Neal, which is a really good sign given Royce has had his struggles. 3 of 5 from 3 for Kevin Durant and 1 of 1 from Edmund Sumner. But the vibes were just different in that second half. And that's just what you love to see. You love to see that there's a different gear for this team to hit at times. You know, they still have these quarters where, you know, you're like, what are you doing? Where's the effort? Where's the mental engagement? But they also have the ability now to showcase this turn up, not only offensively, but also defensively. And that was the case, as I mentioned, the second half, 25 for the Pistons in the third, 25 for the Pistons in the fourth. So the Nets just starting to really you know, find their groove and just have some lineups also that Jock Vaughn trust. And I think Vaughn is starting to figure out who he can trust. You know, he's showcasing different things, I think, more in the first half and then tightening things up in the second half. You know, three guys played in the first half, did not play in the second, and that was Markeith Morris, TJ Warren, and Seth Curry. And um, I believe uh, Matt Brooks tweeted something out during the game that Seth Curry's played about a combined 16 minutes in the last two games. And Honestly, with this group and the style in which the Nets are playing defensively, it makes sense given how poorly he plays defensively. But we'll, we'll jump into that a little bit later. Um, getting to you know Kyrie Irving, who I also mentioned was awesome in this game, finished with 38 points. Katie and Kyrie combined for 81 in this game, essentially almost 66% of the Nets scoring output uh, in this game. But uh, Kyrie was 13 of 23 from the field, 5 of 10 from 3, 7 of 8 from the free throw line, including uh, hitting 2 of 3 at the free throw line late in this game on a 3-point attempt, which he was fouled by Killian Hayes. Uh, Kai also had 6 rebounds and 3 assists, 1 steal, 4 turnovers. Two of them were very, very painful to watch, just lazy uh, passes in the backcourt that led to easy buckets for the Pistons, but hard to complain given his performance and the array of finishes he had in the rim at the rim in this game. 
Now, the Pistons did not have somebody that could stay in front of him. So credit Kai for taking advantage of the open space and going to work against whoever it was and also hitting his three-point shot. I love, And we've said this about KD all the time and the similar thing about Kyrie. When his three ball is on, especially his pull-up three, the pressure for the defender is insane because now you're forced to play up on a guy who has arguably the best handles in the NBA and one of the best layup packages in the league. And yeah, he can knock down a mid-range shot or two as well. So it's just that full three-level scoring. When when that's fully intact, that's when this duo is just at its best. And it's been mentioned on this podcast on Twitter, you know, Seven uh, Eleven has been a little cold from three to start the season, not at their career averages, which are both around, you know, just under 40%. So in due time, you expected those numbers to improve. And as I mentioned, the team was awesome from three tonight. But moving on from uh, KD and Kyrie, I wouldn't say there was anybody else who was great. You know, I think Royce O'Neal had a nice little bounce back game, 11 points, four of six in the field, three of four from three, two rebounds, two assists, one turnover. You know, not as great as he was early in the season, but he's trending back. Well, at least in this game, he he looked more like that impactful player as that fifth starter, a guy that can knock down the open shot, make the rotations defensively, do some of the dirty work on the boards and boxing out. So nice to see Royce trying to start to find his groove. And hopefully this continues because the Nets have some big matchups coming up with the Warriors, the Bucks, and the Cavaliers. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Moving over to Claxton, this is probably one of his worst games of the season. But at the end of the day, this was uh, not that bad of a game. Finished with six points, three of four from the field, seven rebounds, two assists, three blocks, one turnover. 
Uh, he was a guy that picked it up in the second half, especially defensively, and his impact was felt at the rim and contesting shots and blocking shots. Did have that missed dunk attempt, which is always going to hurt. You know, getting stuffed by the rim for a guy that athletic is is strange. I think you know, we've mentioned this before. He has a tendency to rush his his dunk attempts or oop attempts at times instead of just kind of take his time and realize that he has space and there is no one around him. So just take that extra half a second and kind of steady things up. But Clax ultimately did block Bogdanovich's three po- his game tying three point mm-hmm. attempt at the end of the game. So you look at that as a positive, especially you know being finding a way to help the team win, even if it's not one of your best nights. And even Utah Watanabe, probably one of his worst games as a net. You know, I thought defensively he was getting beat a lot in this game. Had a bad backcourt turnover. Uh, yeah. Backcourt turnover in that first half was one of four from the field, one of three from three, three rebounds, three assists, one steal, two blocks, one turnover. But the three he did hit was big in that fourth quarter. So similar to Claxton, not not their best work, but still found a way to have an impact and help the team win. Uh, Joe Harris, not a great game for Joe. You know, three points ended uh, one of four from the field, one of three from three, zero rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, did have one block. But again, he also had a costly play in that fourth quarter, had a layup attempt rejected by Isaiah Stewart, and then essentially reached in on Bogdanovich, and the Pistons were in the bonus, giving up two easy free throws in a time where the Pistons were very cold from the field. So not the best work from the role players tonight. And even Ben Simmons, as I mentioned, you know, he was... He was aggressive to start this game, but defensively was not good in that first half. Second half, you saw him pick up the momentum, finished with four points, two of five from the field, eight rebounds, eight assists, one steal. But it was really that tenacity and energy he played with in the second half and trying to create uh, defensive turnovers and just create impact plays. I thought he was rotating and moving really well off ball. You know, sometimes a little risky, but you'd rather see him play with aggression than play timid. And I think... There, there were some good signs from him in this game, but still hot and cold, similar to that Raptors game. You'd like to see him still trend forward in terms of attacking the rim. You know, there's a layup attempt in this game in which he missed, and most players would end up getting to the free throw line, but the fact that Ben almost fades away on his layups instead of going towards the rim essentially makes him get less calls. And that's something he needs to continue to work on, is being aggressive and looking for that physical contact and look to bang on guys or finish through contact. And that's going to be a game changer when he finally, you know, takes that stride forward. Uh, Moving to Edmund Sumner, five points in this game, one of four from the field, one of one from three, two of two from the free throw line, two rebounds, five assists, one steal. You know, not a pretty stat line, but I would say Sumner in this one was a guy that played with great energy throughout. And he was one of the guys that came in late in that first quarter that helped change You know, some of the energy, you know, the Nets were down double digits in that uh, first and some there was a guy that helped try to, you know, push it to be closer. Obviously, one guy's not going to be able to change the game himself, but you like the energy he played with. Moving over to Seth Curry, another tough night for him because if he's not having a huge offensive impact and he scored three points, one of three from the field, one of two from three, zero rebounds, one assist, zero steals, zero blocks. It's hard to have him out there because he's so poor defensively. He's just going to be a a player that teams look to hunt. They're going to look for that switch and they're going to go at him because he's undersized and lacks the athleticism. And the way the Nets play and the way the roster is constructed, especially the bench unit, there's not much protection for him. You know, Vaughn has continued to play this lineup of uh, Kyrie Irving, Seth Curry, 
Joe Harris, Royce O'Neal, and Ben Simmons. And it's been one of the worst Nets lineups this season. And the exact stat on it via Billy Reinhardt on Twitter, minus 12.4 net rating, 82.9 offensive rating, and 95.3 defensive rating. You know, that's just bad. And really, the Nets have no reason to play that small. And I know some people have said, you know, yeah, they need to for the offense, but they really don't. And if you if you are you know set on playing that lineup or set on trying to have an offensive minded lineup around Ben, you know you easily could get Utah in there for Royce to give you a little bit more size, or put TJ in there for a Seth Curry, or or ultimately the the trick is just not to have Kyrie and Seth on the court together. And, and Kyrie is drastically, I think, a better defender than Seth Curry this season. So just. Putting yourself in an advantage situation or preventing yourself from being at such a disadvantage is something the Nets could still look to do. And again, Vaughn cleaned it up by the time the second half, but cleaning up any of these minutes and any of these stretches where you're going to lose, you know, at times by double digits or give up plays. And yes, they were able to knock down some threes and help create momentum offensively. But again, to be a great team, you need to have a baseline level of competent defense. And that unit just seems to not have that. It's just, and I don't even know that at times it's effort related. Sometimes it's just physical deficiencies. You know, they just don't have enough size, length, and athleticism to go against a team, especially like Detroit, who has a lot of young players, a lot of athletic players that are going to try to get to the rim. And that unit obviously has no rim protection. And you have guys that have a hard time staying in front of, you know, uh, their offensive player, they're pr- in, in front of uh, perimeter players. So that's just one thing I look to clean up. TJ Warren in this one uh, only played nine minutes, was three or four from the field, finished with six points, had one rebound, did bang knees with somebody at the end of the half, but Vaughn said that was nothing. TJ still kind of finding his groove. I think he could play with a little bit more energy at times, but it, it's not like he's doing anything bad out there where you're upset with his play. Markeith Morris, Nothing crazy for him. Only played six minutes, two points, one on one from the field. Ultimately, did his job for those six minutes, and that's you know something you really can't complain about. And that's that's his role in this team. And really, the big reason he played is you know early foul trouble for Clax in this one. Even Kyrie was in a little bit of foul trouble in this game, but ultimately finished with four fouls. So uh, the team just responding, making the correct adjustments in the second half. And having, you know, two of the best scorers in the NBA ultimately led to this win. As I mentioned, 81 points combined for Kyrie and KD. It's great to see those two playing at an extremely high level and that leading to Nets wins. You know, we saw early in the season they had some of these awesome games and the Nets were still losing. Tonight and the last couple games hasn't been that case. You know, they're finding a great balance between each other. And they're also, you know, Vaughn's doing a nice job of having them each lead units. You know, you don't see, you know, we saw it for maybe like a few minutes stretch in the Raptors game, but for the most point, most part, you don't see a Nets lineup without Kyrie or KD. And that's huge. And majority of the time when Kyrie's on the floor, he's with Ben Simmons. So yeah, KD is still a top three player. And then when he comes off, you put a top 15 player in Kyrie, top 20, depending on how you look at him. And then Ben Simmons, who's a fringe all-star at this time, you know, could obviously get back to being an all-star and even maybe a top. 30 or 25 player if he ever you know gets gets back in rhythm and feels comfortable with his body so now it's how do they look against a a good Warriors team not great because Steph Curry will be out for this matchup and then a great Bucks team 
you know, a Bucks team that's sitting at that one seed and then a, a Cleveland Cavaliers team coming up as well that is sitting one game ahead of them in the standings. And that's that's going to be a great measuring stick for them. And uh, it's nice that the Nets are 9-1 and in their last 10 games, but a lot of them have come against bad teams or teams missing, you know, quality players, two great players. So how do they look? How do they match up? Can they stay engaged for four quarters? You know, a game like this is not going to work against the Bucks. A game like this is probably not going to even work against the Warriors or the Cavs. So finding a way to be mentally engaged and build those championship habits for four straight quarters is going to be ultimately what decides if the Nets are a great team or a team that'll just be in playoff in the playoffs, you know, maybe competing in the second round. So we'll see what happens and see how the Nets respond to those matchups and if they are, you know, potentially a championship contender. But as always, big thanks everybody for listening and check the buzz on all streaming platforms. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.